My name is Humble Gray, and I am a Mississippi farmer. They've opened a Korean restaurant over in Zare County. I guess counting Yum Yum Glory House, the Chinese eatery, that's two Asian entrepreneurs crossed the county line. Though I'm not sure the name, Kimchi Go Go Go, was well thought out. Sounds like a place where you might get the trots. Still, one of my poker buddies, Lyle Roach, a 25-year member of the Improved Order of Heptisofs, Lodge 23, he invited me to join him and his wife Edna for dinner at the new establishment. Well, I've been feeling kind of adventurous of late ever since the corn futures rallied, so I agreed to come along. And I must say, while it'll never replace meatloaf, the stew he had wasn't bad at all. Couldn't pronounce its name on a bet, but it had pork and they said some kind of chili powder. Mighty hot, too, but we doused the fire with plenty of what you call soju, a beverage that made the drive home kind of an adventure. The owner, Mr. Guan, even came by to see how we were liking our meal, and we all said, just fine, sir. In fact, we were so full of soju-inspired goodwill, we raised our glasses to his new restaurant. Just a tip, though, for those of you who might be visiting such a place, if right after a bottle or two you say, Mr. Guan, why hasn't South Korea knocked Kim Jong-un's butt into the Pacific? Lack of gumption? You may get a somewhat frosty reply. Seemed a legitimate question, but... Not everybody can handle geopolitical discourse. Anyway, this brings me to today's review of a photo play entitled Minari. It's about Korean immigrants, but not those in the restaurant business. No, sir, they've chosen an even better vocation than that. Why, the best in the world, in fact. And what could that possibly be? Why, farming, of course. Right in good old Arkansas, back in the Ozarks. To see a movie tackling my favorite subject, raising crops in the Mid-South, well, that promised to be quite a treat. And I took my place in the film auditorium with high expectations. That is, till the motion picture started and the folks on screen opened their mouths. Because you know what? Soon as they started talking, there was writing appeared below them. Subtitles, to be specific, because the Koreans were speaking in their native tongue, a language foreign to Western ears. And I'm thinking, you mean I've got to read this movie? Heck, I almost got up and left right there and then. I mean, if I'm going to read, it'll be the Holy Bible, not some film. But it wasn't as dire as I initially thought. Turns out there's some English in this picture, too, because the Korean children, they spoke the American tongue, as did their Arkansan neighbors. But there's still an awful lot of Asian talk in this movie, so I'll have to take a half bale of hay off my rating for making me strain my poor old eyes over those translations. Anyway, in the film, this Korean couple and their two kids, a teenage girl and a little boy, set up in an old trailer on a patch of land that's a mite isolated. Now, the husband's delighted because it's a chance to live out his dream to be a farmer. And a worthy dream that is, too. Take it from me. No matter your nationality, turning the earth with your plow and smelling that fresh soil is naught but a tonic to the vicissitudes of life. But the fellow's missus, she's not liking their little home in the country. Not liking it at all. You can pick it up from her tone. She's less than thrilled. In fact, it's kind of like that show Green Acres, you know what I mean? Where Ava Gabor was always complaining about being in Hootersville. Except in this case, it's with Asian people and not funny. 
Anyway, to make ends meet till the farm produces, the husband and wife work as chicken sexers. <gasps> no, no, lift your brain from the gutter, it ain't what you think. It just means they work for a poultry company, sorting male from female birds, so the bosses know which ones to keep as fryers and which ones to, well, dispose of. The couple also spends time keeping an eye on their little boy, a mischievous and somewhat petulant tyke with a heart murmur. Partway through, the wife's mother comes to live with them to look after the young'uns, and I'll tell you, she's a pistol, playing cards and swearing up a storm in front of her charges. Couldn't quite tell if she was delightful or annoying, but I'll say delightful, what the heck. Grandma smells like Korea. Oh yeah? Well, your mother wears army boots. Also, they have a friend, Paul, who helps the husband work the land. Now, I liked that, Paul, because he was seriously religious. He prayed at the drop of a hat, exorcised evil demons from the family's trailer, and spent his Sundays dragging a heavy cross down the road as a form of worship. A bit much, you say? Yes. No! Wish the whole movie was about Paul. In 3D, where you wear those glasses and Paul pops right out of the screen, uh, preaching the word of God. But it ain't as such. No, the crux of this story is the friction between a couple at cross-purposes, only they ultimately discover that what they want deep down ain't so very different. The performances range from textured and subtle. Steve Yoon is the husband, Jacob, and Han Yi Ri as his wife, Monica, to a bit over the top. Yoon Ya Jung is the grandmother and Will Patton is Paul. Also know that except for the name Will Patton, I have no idea if I pronounced any of those others correctly. Also, also, the grandmother won the Best Supporting Actress Oscar for her role, so what do I know? But anyway, all in all, the story, which takes place in the 1980s, has the feel of real life. And the director, Lee Isaac Chung, draws charmingly natural characterizations from the children. Alan S. Kim is the little son, David, and Noel Cho is the daughter, Anne. David especially seems like the real thing, being neither too wise for his years nor too obedient for a tyke. In fact, so mischievous is he, I wonder if there's anything to recommend him. I'm good looking! Well, I suppose so. But he's just as clueless and churlish as any boy that age might be. And in fact, a couple of times, if he were mine, I might have taken out the strap. Just to scare him into behaving, though, I'd never whoop someone so small. Well, no more necessary, anyway. But that's neither here nor there, no. More important is what the film's actually telling us. And, and what's that? Well, let's see. Truth is, I know nothing about the lives of newly minted U.S. farmers from Asia. That's because the other men of the land with whom I am familiar, Farmer Red, Farmer Brown, Farmer Green, and Farmer Black, they're like me, the product of multiple generations working the same piece of earth. But I do know something of dreams, particularly how wanting is easy and getting is hard, and how that's particularly true when you consider that even if you traverse an ocean seeking a better life, all the fractures and fault lines in your character and your relationships are more than happy to make the trip with you. So you'd best learn to compromise and figure out which elements of your existence are most dear to you. It's the only way you'll ever maintain hope for a happy resolution. Yes, sir. Next week, I'll be talking about the film Mortal Kombat, because I guess I'm really committed to this reviewing thing. Play me out, Zeke. <laughs>